The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast and our All 32 series. The series we catch you up with insiders to give you the need-to-know information on each and every NFL team. Today, we're talking the Las Vegas Raiders with ESPN Radio host and host of Locked On Raiders podcast, Q Myers. Q, thank you so much for joining us. Fresh off a Hawaiian vacation, we are your first stop and we are grateful. Yes, yes. The first the first stop of many. Right. When you come back from vacation, you got to you got to catch up. You got a long laundry list of things that you have to do. But uh, decided to join you guys first thing first. So uh, excited to be here with you. You know, I, I think that Q, we need to have a, a like a, a resetting of how we operate vacations in, in this country, really the world where it's like, look, I need you need a. You know, it's not fair. And like, th- right. but this is this could be a worse thing to do than to talk Raiders on with us because it'll be a, you know mostly silly and goofy, or I'll ask silly <laughs> goofy questions. Katie will ask serious questions. But like, we need a uh, there needs to be a, a entryway, like a sliding, like like a right. you know, like a like a boat ramp back into life from vacation. It's not fair that we're asked to just come back from vacation and just start working. Yeah, no, they just dump you right into the deep end, right? It's like, right. wait, hold on, what's going on? So yeah, I always say I need a vacation from vacation. Absolutely. So like, once you get back into civilization, when you actually have to start thinking about real life situations, then it's like, wait a minute, hold on, this is this is not what I was expecting on my first day back. But again, you know, that's I okay. guess uh, issues that for another day. But uh, well, yeah, man. Well, well then I'll ask I'll ask you about a fictional life situation, a non real world situation. Tom Brady. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I mean, like Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady. Do it a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah, it's like, oh, good, Tom Brady. No, I, I think that the quarterback position with the Raiders, though, is fascinating. You know, Derek Carr's out. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo in, but he's hurt. Tom Brady right. is buying a minority ownership in the team, but he's like been rumored to be a, you know come back, and then he's posted on social media. It's just like, wh- where do you think? The Raiders stand at. Do the Raiders know where they stand at quarterback? Going yeah. as we sort of head towards training camp, coming out of mini camp, do they like? Because it feels like you know we we had we did a we recorded a Vikings episode with Cody Benjamin and talked about how yeah. the Vikings are in limbo long term for the quarterback. The Raiders feel like they're in limbo for like August. Right. It's it's really strange when you think about the quarterback situation, especially when Derek Carr was there for nine years and you knew consistently, yeah. okay, he's going to be there. He's going to be that guy. And now you have Jimmy G. And the first thing that I always concern myself when it comes to Jimmy G, obviously, is injuries because that's what mm-hmm. he has. And well, 
sure enough, he's injured right now, right? And so it looks like he's on track. From everything I've understood, he's on track to return for the beginning of training camp. So that's good. That's a positive. But that's always going to be a question mark when it comes to the Raiders in this upcoming season. And that's one of the reasons why I don't have a good pulse of what this team is going to look like this year. Because who the hell is going to be under center? If it's not Jimmy G, then you have Brian Hoyer. I think we all know who Brian Hoyer is. No disrespect to him. He might be good for a game or two. And then you have a fourth-round pick in Aiden O'Connell that you drafted out of Purdue who maybe he's going to be somebody. Maybe he won't, right? I mean, it's just like he could end up being a glorified backup for all I know. So that's really one of the biggest question marks I have is, you know, this quarterback situation. How how long is it going to be the Jimmy G show? How long is it going to be someone else's show? Are they going to dip back into the draft next year and try to get a guy? Like, that's a big question mark. I, I would say with Tom Brady, though, there's, there's no question that he's not coming back. He's not going to be under center for the silver and black anytime soon. He's enjoying vacation he's enjoying you know his family time he's enjoying his other adventures including buying minority ownership of the Raiders as he's a minority owner of the Las Vegas Aces also owned by Mark Davis so I mean I think he's got so much going on that playing football is the last thing that he's even thinking about I'll tell you, I don't know if you could see over my uh, shoulder here, but there is a Jimmy G bobblehead. (laughs) I am a 49ers fan. So everything that you just said about who's going to be under center, is he going to be healthy? I have dealt with these questions for many, many years. So as much as I love Jimmy G and think he's a great quarterback, I'm happy to pass those questions off to Raiders Nation, although it's not like the 49ers still know who is under center. You broke up with with Jimmy G pretty quick, I didn't break up with him. He's right here. He's on my shoulder. You got the bobblehead, on my shoulder. Uh, Q, all right, let's talk running back here and Josh Jacobs. Uh, Any chance that the Raiders would consider rescinding his franchise tag or of Jacobs actually holding out? You know, that's a great question. Of course, that's probably the biggest concern right now with Raider fans because Josh Jacobs means so much to the team. You saw what he meant to the team last year, leading the league in rushing, but he's just so important, you know, on the field and off the field. I mean, he's a hell of a leader as well in the locker room. Uh, I don't think that they're going to rescind the the tag. I really don't. I mean, if he had given him the fifth-year option, it would have been $8 million. The tag is $10 million, so he's getting a $2 million bump. I don't see him holding out. I just really don't. I don't think that that does anybody any good. Now, there's reports that he could hold out to, like, week one or something. I feel like when they play, when they fly to Denver week one, he'll be there. He'll be ready to, to roll, and he'll be, you know, it'll be either a long-term deal, multiple years, or it'll be the one-year franchise tag. I just don't understand how it would make sense for him or any other running back to decide to sit out a year like Le'Veon Bell did. We all know that that never worked out very well for Le- Le'Veon Bell. Josh Jacobs is, is a very smart dude. Uh, he's also he still is. a really young dude. So I think that he is, like I said, smarter than that. Uh, he knows that he can capitalize. He goes out and balls out again, uh, and he has that in him. So I, I think that he's going to be under center. But, of course, Josh Jacobs in the contract situation with – or not under center, but he'll be there playing uh, behind Jimmy G, who will be under center. I think that they'll they'll figure out a way to get something worked out. So he is playing week one. I just don't know exactly when they're going to come to terms. Of course, July 17th is that date we're all paying attention to to see if they get that long-term deal done. Man, it feels like it would be really tough for them to get a long-term deal together. Like, do you think that Josh Jacobs and the Raiders are on good terms in terms of communication and – uh, you know, I know that um, obviously they didn't pick up the fifth year option, although, as you point out, it ends up getting him closer to free agency one year, you know, a year faster. And he gets two extra million dollars this year, which is nothing to sneeze at, especially if you're a running back in 2023. But they, right. they ran him in that preseason game, that Hall of Fame game in the second half. And um, I'm pretty confident that didn't sit well with him. Uh, so I, I'm just curious, like, where's that relationship at with those two sides right now? Well, you know, it's funny. There, there's been there's been different 
kind of uh, reports about, you know, where all these things are going with Josh Jacobs and their and their contract negotiations. But from everything that he said to us when we've had opportunities to talk to him at different events around town or whatever the case may be, he always sounds like the communication is pretty good. But then he also says, but we haven't dug deep into negotiations. So you know how that changes. And he's put out a couple of cryptic tweets, you know, uh, villain or hero turned villain, which is uh, something he said at the end of the season because he was the hero for the team. And, you know, he's the villain now because he wants the money. Uh, you know, he wants what he earned. And then, uh, you know, he put out a tweet the other day, bad business. So that clearly to me, let it be known that, you know, the way that they're going about negotiations, him and his camp aren't very happy. And so this is just the negotiation period. I think it's going to be fine. I know that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels really respect the hell out of Josh Jacobs. So something that Josh McDaniels talks about all the time. And I think that that came as a surprise. Like, I don't want to put words in Josh McDaniels mouth, but I think that came as a surprise as who Josh Jacobs really was as a person and a player Mm. as they got to know him last year. And they didn't go into the season thinking that they were going to do Josh Jacobs was going to be the, the the main workhorse running back. They thought it was going to be committee running back by committee. Like it always has been in new England. You know, that's why they went out yeah. and drafted Samir white. That's why they went out and drafted Britton Brown and brought in Brandon Bolton and signed Amir Abdullah and had a horse, a horse cable stable, basically of running backs. Right. I mean, they, they just had too many of them. And then all of a sudden Josh Jacobs was like, yeah, I'm not coming off the field. Right. I, I'm this guy. I'm going to be him. And so he was. And so, Josh McDaniels talks about him in great length all the time, how much he loves the kid. I love JJ. I love JJ. I love JJ. Love what he brings to the table. Love what he does to the table or to the team. And he's even mentioned that, you know, running back by committee is his approach. And he didn't do it last year because Josh Jacobs basically wouldn't allow it to because he was just too good on the field. Yeah, you know, one of the biggest things, obviously, is Derek Carr and Jimmy G in the offense, that kind of changing of the guard. But also Darren Waller is now a New York Giant. This tight end room is really interesting because you added Michael Meyer, uh, who went second round in the draft. A lot of people thought he was a first rounder, so that was a really good pick by you guys. you got O.J. Howard and Austin Hooper uh, in free agency. All of those guys have significant background in run-heavy offense schemes. Does it seem like more running of the football uh, for, for the Raiders in 2023 well I think so and the thing about it is and Darren Waller was a great tight end for the Raiders when he was healthy and available and obviously last season he wasn't healthy and available as much as the Raiders would like I thought that offense was gonna be dynamic with Darren Waller I was like oh my gosh this is gonna be cool you got Devontae Darren Hunter uh, Josh Jacobs man what else do you want right and so obviously with Hunter and Darren not being there it didn't it didn't turn out to be what it was supposed to be but the one knock has always been on Darren Waller has been his lack of ability to block. Yep. And so now you bring in, you know, mayor from tight uh, from uh, Notre Dame, as you mentioned, and he's a guy that can block. Is he perfect at it? No. I mean, he still has to improve, but he's more of a guy that can help seal the edge. So when a uh, Josh Jacobs hits the corner, it's not all of a sudden a liability. And also they would bring in Thayer Munford last year as well as mm. a sixth offensive lineman. He was a seventh round pick out of Ohio state. And he basically came in for those jumbo packages. Well, you knew that they weren't throwing the ball to to Thayer Munford, right? He's just going to go out there and block. (laughs) Basically, you're saying, hey, by the way, look over here. We're about to run the ball, right? And so it kind of tipped off the defense to what they were going to do. Now, when you put Mayer into the mix and he can block and he's not a liability out there, he can catch and block. Now you have to be honest on defense because, well, he can get the ball. And if you saw him play at Notre Dame, he caught the ball from many different quarterbacks that weren't great. Right. I mean, so he really <laughs> yeah. did some great. He's not the athletic dude like Darren Waller is, but he can get it done. And he's really good in the red zone where the Raiders have really struggled. So I think Mayer is a big uh, pickup second round pick. As you mentioned, I was surprised that he didn't go in the first round, but he's a guy that can get it done in the red zone. And that is 
really what the Raiders need the most because their red zone offense has been bad. And this is not just a one-year thing. This is a multiple-year thing. So they have got to find a way to get better in the red zone. And so hopefully that's a healthy Jimmy G and a lot of the tight end, Michael Mayer. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, I got a question. Oh, no, go ahead. Well, yes, I will say, Jimmy G does have a good connection with tight ends. He's a quarterback that loves right. his tight ends. Really great with George Kittle. So I hope to see more of that. I thought that that was going to – you know what? I'm going to – I'm going to throw us to break instead of making the joke that I could make about Jimmy Garoppolo, which I won't uh, because I'm a professional. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, discuss a possible sleeper for Offensive Rookie of the Year next. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. We actually already discussed him. It's Michael Mayer. 50 to 1. Offensive rookie of the year. Now, I don't remember the last time a tight end won offensive rookie of the year. I'm going to check really fast and tell you if it's ever happened. Um, Truly, it's happened before, right? Never happened. Never happened. A, 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 a tight end has never won offensive rookie of the year. I mean, he, Michael Mayer, and, and t- typically speaking, like, Remember, Kyle Pitts set the record for receiving yards by a tight end um, just two years ago. So, like, typically speaking, you would have to have, I don't know, like 900 yards and 12 touchdowns or something crazy. Right. 50 to 1 worth anything there, Q, in terms of (laughs) – I mean, it's a long shot, obviously, so you wouldn't – you're not not laying a lunker on it. But, like, if if he's just the red zone guy and – like analytics show that he cranks up the the rushing offense. I don't know. It's probably not worth a sprinkle, but just, yeah, I, just I don't because. think it's, I don't think it's worth it there. I, I really yeah. don't. Uh, I can't see him being offensive uh, rookie of the year. I think he's going to be very productive in the Raiders' offense. I really do. But unfortunately, and I've been saying this with every conversation, of course, doing all the Raider covers that I have uh, from different shows and everything. Everything always goes back to yeah, but who's going to be throwing the ball? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, is, is, is Mayer going to get 10 touchdowns because Jimmy G is healthy for 17 uh-huh. games or is Brian mm-hmm. Hoyer going to have to like it always goes back to is the quarterback going to be healthy? And that's why there's such a question mark on this season for the Raiders. I can look at this offense and tell you guys this offense is going to be dynamic because they have the dynamic weapons. They really do, especially bringing in Jacoby Myers, a guy that knows Josh McDaniel's system really well, a true number two wide receiver. They had Mac Hollins as their number two wide receiver last year because of default. Because Darren Waller was out and Hunter Renfro was out. So Mac Hollins, a glorified special teamer, became their number two de facto wide receiver. Outside of Devontae Adams, obviously, being the number one guy. Jacoby Myers is way better than that. I think I'm an NC State guy and, and banging a Carolina guy. Now you're you are you are you are beloved on this podcast now officially. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable, right? Yeah. And so, but again, it always goes back to yeah. But who's going to be getting the rock? Is it going to be Jimmy G or is it going to be one of the other guys? So that's that's always that's always going to be the question. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on from the offense then, because there's so many questions there and talk a little defense. Tyree Wilson is really the quintessential ceiling upside pass rusher. Is he viewed as an impact guy or more of a Chandler Jones replacement if the team does move on from his contract after the season? I think he's a little bit of both. You know, he's a guy that they drafted number seven overall to be a great bookend to Max Crosby, but he's also been brought in to be a really good player this year, right? And there's going to be times I expect to see what everyone calls that NASCAR package to see all three of those guys out there together, you know, Jones, Crosby, and Tyree. And you want to talk about some wingspans, right? I mean, if you look at those three guys, man, I mean, they spread across the field. I mean, those guys 
are uh, you know are, are some some dudes that can really get after it if all is good. And so I'm, I'm excited about what it could look like. Uh, I know that Tyree Wilson is just still scratching the surface. He's nowhere close to being a, a, a finished product. So that's exciting. Uh, but he's got to be healthy, right? And so, of course, that foot injury that sidelined yeah. him his last year there at Tech, he had surgery on it. Looks like he's going to be available for training camp. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be the very beginning of training camp. I'm hoping it's going to be the very beginning of training camp. But there's nothing concrete that says that's going to be right now. But, I mean, he's a guy that he's expected to be, you know, a big-time player. They they got him at number seven overall for a reason, right? They think that he can really impact the defense. And the defense is where the Raiders need to improve yeah. the most. They just – they weren't worth the salt against anyone really defensively a season ago. So, uh, and it's been a while, right? They got Max Crosby and it's like Max Crosby and them, you know? And so instead of being, <laughs> instead of sounding disrespectful like that, I want to be able to say, okay, this guy stepped up, this guy stepped up, this guy stepped up. Yeah. So they're hoping that Tyree Wilson could help bring that and help, uh, you know, upgrade that pass rush that they have uh, going against opposing teams. And remember you got, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson in your own division. So uh, you see them twice a year. So you got to get after those quarterbacks. I mean, that's six games against really elite competition. Like that's, right. it's crazy. You know, if you look at like, um, you, you talk about like when we talk about Super Bowl odds and all that, you know, you look at the the Colts or the Texans and you're like, well, no, I got to win a Super Bowl, but like, yeah, they can win the division if things break. Right. Like, I mean, the Raiders aren't winning this division. Like, I mean, the, the number the number of things that would have to happen for the Raiders to win this division is right. just outrageous. Like, they should be forty to one to win the division. Honestly, like, right. I mean, and you're never going to see odds like that. But I mean, you look at this defense, man. If that if that pass rush is good, then maybe this defense can be mid level, right? But like, if 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 Wilson's hurt or Jones is Chandler Jones is as bad as he was last year, like this defense could be awful. Right, exactly. And that's that's the that's the big question. They they made a lot of additions on the defensive side of the ball, which they had to for every reason that we just mentioned. Six guys that they drafted, six out of nine were on the defensive side of things. They signed a bunch of one year, two year guys on defense as well, but it was nobody that you just looked at and was like, Wow, that's gonna change the game. That's gonna be that difference maker. So they're hoping that a bunch of young guys like a Marcus Epps who played more snaps than anybody on defense for Philadelphia last year. They're hoping that he takes that next step as a young dude. They're hoping a guy like a Duke Shelley that was an outside corner for the Vikings last year, undersized, but played some really good ball. They're hoping that he takes that next step. Like a guy like Brandon Faison. These are not household names. These are not names that guys are rushing out to the store to go buy their jersey because the Raiders just signed them. But they could end up being good players. But the problem is, they could end up being good players, right? And you just got to see right. if they're able to come together. So the biggest question is going to be how quickly can these young guys that they brought in, you know, a Chris Smith, for example, out of Georgia, like him a lot. They got him in the sixth round. He's a really good safety ball hawk. You know, kind of got what six interceptions the last two years at Georgia, something the Raiders have had a terrible uh, run of luck with getting causing turnovers. Maybe he can help in, in that category. But when does he get on the field as a six-round pick? You know, I mean, there's so many questions about this young defense that they have. Can they blend? Can they gel quickly and help help out Max Crosby, who, again, is the one guy that you know exactly what you're going to get from year in and year out? All right, Q, let's, uh, let's gamble on this a little bit. The books have the win total <laughs> for the Raiders at seven and a half. Win total yeah. in division. We just talked about how tough this division is. Two and a half. The under is heavily juiced for both Should of those. Be. Can the Raiders this year get eight wins and three wins in division? 
Well, I mean, it's it's going to be tough, right? And, and the one thing I can say about the Raiders, up until last year, every time that the totals were out on how many wins they were going to have, they always went over it, which was funny. They they went over it the, the last two, two, three years, except for last year. Last year, they obviously ended up with, uh, you know, six wins, and that wasn't uh, enough. But they, they've gone over it. So I want to say that they can. And again, you're, this is going to sound like a broken record. I think that they can definitely get to eight wins. Like, I, I do believe that in my heart with the ability that they have and the talent that they have on the team, they can get to eight wins. But a lot of that's going to be led by the offense, which is going to be led by Jimmy G. Who? <laughs> right. I think. Right? I mean, you know, it's like it's always something that I hate that that's part of the conversation. Like, I want to talk about the team and not have to say is if the quarterback is healthy. It, it's never good. Right. When, you, when your conversation starts off, if he stays healthy, then they can do this. If he does this, you know what I mean? Like, that's never a good part of the conversation, if he can stay healthy. But when I talk about Jimmy G, I always have to put the asterisk, if he's healthy, they can do this. I think he's a good quarterback. As you know, as a 49er fan, you saw him. Good well, quarterback, yeah. if he's healthy. <laughs> Jimmy so, Garoppolo I mean, won 70% of his starts. It is the highest among right. active quarterbacks, but obviously the caveat there of, of his starts, how many starts of those happen. So, yes, I understand. Everything and they had a hell saying. of a defense there, too. Something yeah. That hell defense. yeah, the defense in that running game, that coaching staff helps quite a bit. I mean, right. I look at the, the Raiders' right. schedule, too, like – at Denver, at, like at Denver in September, even if right. you play there twice a year or play there once a year, you play them twice a year. The, that's the week one in Denver is the worst time to go to Denver because the only yeah. team that's acclimated to the altitude is right. the Broncos, you know? Right. Then you're at Buffalo week two, the Steelers at home in week three. Like, I think they're, a, they're that's not a win. That's not a free win. I mean, Kenny Pickett oh. played, you know, oh. and then at the Chargers, that's actually probably closer to a home game. But like, man, I mean, that is a brutal schedule yeah. to start the season then you get green bay new england at chicago at detroit both new york teams one of whom got aaron Rod like ah i would probably i mean i think i would lean under I, if everything clicks and jimmy g plays 17 games right definitely could win eight games could win nine games yes. um yeah can't seem to make the playoff could probably yeah probably won't i mean eight and nine feels like this is a, feels like that was a pretty good surprising year um, when you look at the the one thing that stood out to me on the odds on the on the on the odds as a player prop, Josh Jacobs rushing yards one thousand seventy five and a half. I could see that. I guess I mean he had what sixteen hundred in twenty twenty two leading the league, but I mean that was the first time he's played every single game of the se- uh, of the year. Yep. Uh, you know he had the most carries ever in his career, right? I mean so it was it was a contract year. It really was, and and he went out there and balled out. I do think that his carries will be a little bit less this year. Regardless, whatever the contract looks like, I think he'll get less than, I think he had, what, 340 carries in 2022, which was probably about 70 carries more than he's had uh, ever and in that's, his career. The 330 is the magic number, too. Analytics says is like, if you go over that, it's all of a sudden right. up for an injury. Exactly. And then he had, what, 52 more touches by way of uh, receiving uh, in 2022 as well. So he was he was the guy, you know, between him and Devontae Adams, they were the guys. I think that his workload's going to get reduced a little bit. I think you'll see a little bit more of Zamir White in 2023. It's just, just my gut feeling. A lot of other people I talk to think that you're going to see the exact same thing with Josh Jacobs again this year. I'd be surprised to see that. But again, that's just my gut feeling. So I could see him dipping down a little bit. Uh, I do expect him to go over a thousand yards. I probably would push him closer to what he was basically averaging uh, around 1100 yards. I think that's yeah. right about, you know, right for Josh Jacobs, 1600 yards over 1600 yards was an incredible year.
I mean, that was something. And you remember there was a Seattle game where he rushed for 300 yards, but that was also a game where he had a a, a walk off. That was what 85 yard rush to the house to end the game too. So, I mean, you know I mean? There's certain things that you look at and you're like, okay, those numbers can be increased a little bit. So yeah, I mean, 1600 plus yards is a lot. So I think, you know, it's safe to say he'll get around 1100, 1150 yards. Okay. One more question, Q. Uh, we've we've surmised that the Raiders are probably not getting to the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas this year. It's hmm. a CVS yeah. Super Bowl. How excited is Sin City? Brinson and I are uh, are hoping to go. Oh, I'm fully prepared for my bosses to be like, no, you're not. You're, we can't. <laughs> We can't send you to Vegas for the Super. We can't send you to Vegas for a week for the Super Bowl, buddy. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you what, man. It's 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 going to be exciting. It is very exciting, and this year in general in Las Vegas is exciting for sports. But uh, that's just going to really cap it all off with the Super Bowl. But I mean, we've got F one. The Golden Knights just won the Stanley yeah. Cup final, so we just had a huge parade for them. The Aces just won their championship. They look like a really good team this year. Hell, the A's want to come here. I mean, it's like everyone wants to be in Vegas. All these different events. We just had. Final four here. I mean, there's so much, but yeah, the, the the capper is going to be the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be bananas. I've covered plenty of Super Bowls, and this one I'm guarantee will be like no other. Allegiant Stadium is beautiful. If you've never been there, you definitely want to go check it out. Um, it's 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 something. It's going to be something. It's man, I'll tell you. Your Super Bowl you, parties are Super Bowl parties in Vegas are going to be. Right. I mean, ridiculous. If you come to Vegas for a week, you might not leave, right? You might That's not what I'm saying. That's why they won't send me. That's what Worthy won't send me. <laughs> might, not make oh, it to, yeah. might not make it to the game. Right, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully CVS execs are not listening to this because Brinson is going to the Super Bowl. Q Myers, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you keeping us up to date on everything. Raiders, stay tuned for more All 32 with daily drops on your podcast feed and also on YouTube. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on this podcast and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Q. Thanks, Q. Thank you. Appreciate you.